welcome to the Three Bald Guys Talk Marketing Podcast with Three Bald Guys. Fred Peritsky of FCP Digital, Paul Schindel of Three Bears Communications, and freelance writer Rodney Warner. Thank you for joining us for episode 18 of Three Bald Guys Talk Marketing. I'm Rodney Warner, freelance commercial writer. Fred Peritsky of FCP Digital, full service digital marketing agency and web designer. And I'm Paul Schindel, creative director at Three Bears Communications in Princeton, doing advertising marketing communications from A to Z. And our guest today is Nancy Sobin. She is the founder and CEO of Professional Paperwork Services, uh, headquartered in the Princeton area. Nancy is an MBA and a uh, past regional vice president for Eastman Kodak and a national sales director for the College Savings Bank organization. And Nancy started, started this company, Professional Paperwork Services, uh, over 15 years ago and provides a broad range of services to a broad range of people. Welcome, Nancy. How are you? And tell us, tell us what you really do. Thank you. Okay, thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for the invite. Just one quick correction is that I started this business in 2015. So this is my sixth year in business. So, uh, but what we do at Professional Paperwork Services is we work with individuals and small businesses to help them uh, manage their paperwork and pay their bills. And that's very fluid in what we do. We do a lot of things with seniors, which was the way we started the business, and it's about half of our business today. We go in, take all their mail, go through it and sort it out, get rid of stuff that they don't need to worry about. We um, organize all the papers into categories, such as requests for donations, things that need a response, bills to pay, and pretty much junk and get rid of the junk. So then we go through, we pay the bills, fill out any forms that come in and put it all together in a way and sit down with our client and review it with them and have them sign it. We don't sign anything. Uh, we just help people to take responsibility for their own affairs. Uh, we go through that with most of our seniors. We do it twice a month. Some people we do once a week. Others we do it just once a month. So it just depends on their needs. The other part of the business is working with small businesses or families that need some financial help. And that could range from anything from QuickBooks uh, recordings and information for a small business, uh, communicating with their CPA, putting together the, the records for uh, taxes, or making monthly reports to the board. So there's a lot of things like that that we do. We also have a lot of unusual projects that we work with. For example, this time of year, we work with clients who own a real estate and reconcile the CAM, as it's called, between the uh, landlord and the tenants and make sure that everybody's paid the right amount. We're working on a project now that really is auditing what's been paid for a senior and uh, making sure that there's not anybody taking money out of a senior's uh, checkbook, which unfortunately it seems that there has been. So I'm going through all the checks for the last three years to determine uh, if it was all spent on caregivers. 
So those are the, just some examples of the kind of work we do. I know in addition, you work with at least one trade association that, that you and I are both associated with, the New Jersey Technology yes. Manufacturing Association. How does your business break out percentage that comes from commercial clients versus uh, individuals? In some cases, that's a little bit hard because I do both sides, the individual and the business. But I'd say if I if I break it up into strictly seniors, that's about 50%. And then individuals that also have a business component, that's probably the other 50%. And uh, it, most of the second 50% is commercial. So I do have two seniors, one that's with a law firm, and I do work with that. And then another one who owns a property in Hamilton that's rented out to a dollar store. So I take care of the family as well as the business. Nancy, before I uh, went into technology and uh, design, I was an accountant for many, many years. Do you consider yourself uh, doing bookkeeping services, accounting services, or where, where do you think the line goes between you and then a CPA taking over or, or a bookkeeper? Because I, I think I see your services as being more than what a bookkeeper would do in certain respects. I think if you look at the spectrum, I'd agree with you. I do a lot more than a bookkeeper and I don't like when people call me a bookkeeper because I don't just do bookkeeping work. And I do a lot of work that prepares things and helps the CPA that's not worth their time. So I'm kind of in the middle of those two. And actually, I'm part of a group that's called Daily Money Managers, which is a, a group that's been around for a long time, but nobody seems to know what a daily money manager is. And um, so I don't normally use that, but that's where we fall is where we uh, are do a lot more work than a bookkeeper would, uh, but we're not accountants and don't claim to be. So uh, we do help. In fact, I get a lot of referrals from accountants to help them because it's not worth their time. And sometimes people will want to do their taxes and they'll just say, call this person. She doesn't even know what to get together and I'll go and help them do that. Right. I, I always found that when I was in accounting in public accounting and in uh, corporate accounting, but especially in public accounting, a lot of people don't know what they need. And in networking groups that I'm in, we'll have some people come to us that are bookkeepers. Well, we have a CPA, we had a bookkeeper and daily money managers have have come to uh, to be in the group. And a lot of them don't know what they do. So I'm glad that you help explain that when we ask, you know, they'll also say, well, I'm not a bookkeeper. I'm not an accountant. Well, what do you do? And that you've explained it a lot better so that, you know, one of the goals of our podcast is to get, you know, individuals and businesses known like you, and also how we can, you know, how you do marketing, how we could help in marketing, and also how we could get referrals for you. Right. So when somebody... Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know, I do know that in my group, I, I'm, during this, uh, this odd period we're in, there's a weekly call that I sometimes participate in with the New Jersey and New York greater team of money managers. And so many of them started because they were helping their parents and I thought, this is a good business I might get in. They don't know anything about business and they don't know anything about promoting themselves. And it's very difficult for them. And I have to say that my background in, in business has helped me a lot to figure out, you know, directionally how to go. In fact, I was social distancing with my sister in North Jersey on Memorial Day and she showed me this magazine and I opened it up and one of my uh, counterparts has an ad in that magazine. And I can tell you that she will never get anything out of a ma- uh, an ad in a magazine because this is such a personal thing that, I mean, if she's trying to get 
her name out there, that's one thing. But, you know, this is totally a referral-based business because you're it's such, so trusted. You, you're p being trusted with people's money. So you have to have somebody with a trust relationship right. introduce you because otherwise, um, that's why people are always hitting me up for advertising today. Mercer County women wanted me to advertise, and I'm, I, I'm like, I'm sorry, I, I just don't do that because I know that I won't get anything out of it. So let me make a, a pitch here for for that kind of advertising. The message is that that kind of thing, I agree with you 100% that the referrals are the the core of the um, of the business, the core of the incoming leads. But um, there is some good value to be had often, not always, um, by doing the kind of um, advertising that in targeted targeted audiences that will help build your brand and your brand recognition and and your recall so it's not the kind of thing where someone's likely to see an ad for you know for your company and say uh and say oh i gotta go there right away but having having that name in their in their subconscious gives you added value when when they ask around and they say you know my my parents are old they need help managing their bookkeeping who do you know and when someone says you know professional papers of work services nancy sobin is oh yeah i've i've heard of her somewhere so there is yeah. something to that I, I agree with you i agree with you and i think that um i don't think it's mercer county women I, i've considered a couple times town topics because that is the right audience because my clients are my individual clients are generally wealthy families that want to have their affairs taken care of, and they do have, they do put a lot of stock into recommendations from other people, but they do refer to town topics as their, their guideline, the old Princetonians do. And um, I was thinking of doing something with testimonials, just like one-line things that, oh, Nancy did this, this, and this, for, you know, just a series of them. And I have considered something like that, but not just blanketed ads to get my name out there. I don't think that, I, I would think that's not the way to go. In the past, what marketing have you tried? You know, what's worked, what hasn't worked? The best um, thing for me has been networking because I meet the people that uh, could potentially be uh, referral sources for me. So I go to a lot of meetings and I, um, I just try and meet people and form a relationship with them with no expectation at all that mm -hmm. I'm gonna get anything out of it, except for maybe in the long term, they'll remember what I do and what my name is. Um, I try to follow up with a newsletter, which I should be doing every month and don't always do, but I'm trying. I just want to keep my name in front of them so if anytime something comes up and they, they hear about this need that they'll remember me. Because there are now two or three other people in this area that do what I do, although for, for the first couple of years there wasn't anybody, but still kind of got this market right now. But I do need to keep my name out there in front of people. I'm interested in what else you guys would recommend besides that. What I do mostly is networking. I don't spend a lot on uh, any collateral or anything like that. I have, I know I have to have a website and I know I have to have a brochure and all that stuff, but um, it's really recommendations that get me business. Well, and you, you have a web, what is your website? Just so we make sure everybody knows how to find you. It, thank you, it's www paperwork-services.com paperwork-services.com great
Yes. And I'm on that website right now. What I could tell you from, it's, it's really interesting because I've certainly learned from past guests is, uh, you know, I believe uh, one of our past guests has organized a meetup group. I mean, if you could form a meetup group, you know, based on, let's say, people whose parents are elderly or people whose parents are disabled, you try to target who are your potential customers and you try to create a, a meetup group and provide presentations content that's useful to this group. Oh, and by the way, this is what I do. If you need my services, let me know. You know, today's speaker, we're going to talk about nutrition for the elderly, or we're going to talk about life insurance or whatever. So, you know, one of our guests did a, did a meetup group and we had uh, an owner of a bike shop. He gives quite a bit. He's one of those local businesses because I've fundraised for a, for a charity that I'm interested in. And he's one of those local businesses. They'll give you some that you could auction off. You know, if you could somehow connect yourself with a charity, with a nonprofit who also serves the audience that you're pursuing, that could also get your, get your name out there. I don't know you know, like, like an Alzheimer's association or, you know, whoever, whatever issues that your, that your clients face. I mean, I, I think that that might be, that might be another option. I have given out um, gift certificates that have been auctioned off um, over the years. I don't think, I know, I know they've got um, people bought them, but nobody's ever contacted me to have them be used, but at least the organization got some money. I mean, I just said any kind of financial organization. So it didn't have to be for a senior. It could have been for their, even for their home office, whatever. But uh, yeah, I have tried that. So, but, and I did dabble with meetup for a little while, I think. And I said it was for people with aging parents mm -hmm. and maybe I need to make it broader because I didn't get a lot of response. I think I got like six people that were interested. So I have to really would think that through uh, for maybe a little broader thing. And I would also think that um, a good market would be not just aging parents, but aging parents with aging children. Because I think, mm. I think that's where a lot of people in uh, my age category, for even though I think I'm half my age, but I know I'm not. So Me I've too. talked about this on a podcast before we had, we had a care manager. And so my, my favorite uncle who died this year at 101 was care. He was in a assisted living, but the other care was done by his two daughters. One who's a doctor, one who's an accountant. So luckily they had the skills to help, but not everybody has those skills. And I don't know that you always want your child who's could be 60 to 70 years old managing things for you if they don't have the accounting skills. You know, who knows how well they've done for themselves. And I've heard horror stories from people in your, in your business where once when they got involved with the parent, one, of the, one or more children had been stealing from their checkbook, just like you said. So right. um, I guess giving seminars and letting people know that this exists and how important, it's so important for, right. for all people. And, we, and look, the population, the aging population is the largest in history right now absolutely huge you're so, right yeah. and um the other thing that i talk to people about is is this really how you want to spend the time with your child or with your parent whoever i'm talking to by doing this instead of just visiting with them in right. fact i've had some people where their kids lived in washington or new york state or whatever and they come once a month and they spend the whole time paying bills and it's like this one mother called me and she's like i just don't want that to be my, you know, I want him to just relax and not have to have that responsibility. So, um, 
I think it, it takes, you know, to have somebody else do it is a, is a good idea. It it's takes, not it, always the best thing. It takes the stress away. My mother, may she rest in peace, um, lived to be 93. I used to do her tax return and other forms that she needed for, um, for prescriptions and other things. Those times that I spent with her were the most stressful, unrelaxing times of our relationship. It, it was something I, I actually dreaded doing because we couldn't just talk and be mother and right. son. It was, you know, it was like client. And I don't want my mother right. to be my client. Right. And so. the other thing too, there's a lot of older generation people who never really wanted their kids to know that much about their finances. Oh, 100% in fact, I have that. this one lady in Monroe who is 94 and until like two years ago, her husband died several years ago. Until like two years ago, she would never tell her kids anything about her money. And then she finally got to the point where she had to. So sometimes I'll talk to the son and I'll ask him something. And he finally told me, I don't know. My mother just would never tell us anything. So it's like I'm finding out stuff that he doesn't even know about. So it's kind of crazy. Well, do you help or suggest or recommend to your clients things like establishing powers of attorney and beneficiaries and accounts and all of the all of the paperwork and things that are kind of associated with you know, with estate planning. I mean, you're I'm, not that you're an estate planner per se, but if you, you know, if you die without or you go to the hospital without having someone assigned as your financial power of attorney, um, it may be impossible for them to pay your rent while you are disabled in the hospital. All kinds of, all kinds of complications come from that. Do you encourage that among your clients? Yes, actually. In the beginning, when we first meet, there's a process that I go through and there's kind of a fact finder that I use that actually I got it from the accounting side of the business. Um, uh, one of the accountant sites that I go on, I got a pretty good uh, um, fact finder that I took out some things from. But you go through and I, I used to do this when I was in finance too, you just go through and you find out everything about them because it does help you when it comes to doing their bills and managing that, that side of the house. And I ask them always, do you have life insurance? Do you have a will? Where do you keep your will? Which is important to know. Do you have a medical power attorney? Do you have an advanced directive? Because when they go to the hospital, if you're over like 75, the hospital wants a copy of that, whether you're in a currently in a life-threatening situation or not. We go through that whole thing, and if they don't have some of these documents that they need to have, I, I usually try and get them to call somebody, and I give them a couple names of people that I think do a good job. Now, I've recently gotten in a terrible situation that I hope I never get into again, where I was working with a woman who never married. She depended on her brother, who was older than her, to be her back up and he died and now she has dementia and she couldn't pay her bills where she was at when I first started working with her I could get her on the phone to Vanguard or whoever she had funds with and get her to tell them to talk to me and I'd say okay transfer some money into her checking account well as that progressed she wouldn't get on the phone anymore and I had to like here I am I'm on no standing to this woman and I had to like go to the facility and show them her finance statements to say, look, she's got the money. I'm just trying to get her a guardian 
so they can release this money. And it turned into this whole ugly mess. All I was trying to do was help her, and the state of New Jersey managed to get in there and uh, screw it all up. But anyway, so yes, I uh, sometimes good no good deed goes unpunished. But now she has a guardian, and that's taken care of. But um, it is very awkward when, particularly when they um, don't have any documentation. So that's really, really important for what we do. And I do put together something, I don't know, Fred, if you saw this on my website, but I, we put together something called an estate book for everybody that after we've been working with them some time, we get most of the information by, as we've been going through the bills, we know who their lawyer is, we know who their CPA is, etc. So we put together a book that has details of who their key contacts are, what policies they have, what um, medical insurance they have, like all their policy numbers, an advanced directive, what, who do they want you to call in the case that they get ill and they have to go to the hospital? Who do you, they want you to notify in the event that they die, which we all do? Um, and what are their funeral arrangements? And then finally, in the last part of it, we put together a, a list of all their digital assets mm. because that's becoming harder and harder for people to get into uh, when they're not the original owner of the account. So this way, this goes to the family and the child that generally is local will have all that information, including the advanced directive that they can grab and go to the hospital. Some of the clients have added to it with lists of their medicines and everything else. So it's like a one-stop shop that has all of those things put together. That's a great idea. Um, I'm going to have to look at that as I go through your website to learn more about what it is that you do. Something that we hear about a lot today with seniors and with others, but mostly seniors, are scams that are uh, perpetrated on them specifically because they're very they're vulnerable. Vulner they're, they're vulnerable and they want contact with people, either if they're on the phone or email. Have you come across any of your clients or people calling you because they don't want their parent or their spouse to become victim of some of these scams that are aimed at elderly people? Yes, I have. In fact, I recently did a program at the Princeton Resource Center about scams to inform people because I've had uh, several people have talked to me or showed me things that they've gotten in the mail and they're clearly a scam. And there's, you know, it's heated up a little bit in the last year with both phone and email contact and some things in the, in the mail, but it's usually these days on the phone. And it was interesting when I'm doing this program at the Princeton Senior Resource Center, I'm talking about this scam, which I happen to know somebody who had, had this happen to them. Somebody calls up and says, uh, Grandpa, is that you? And they say, yeah. I say oh, it's Steve. And... Um, or actually they don't say their name. They say, it's me and I'm, you know, I'm really in big trouble. I can't pay my rent and don't tell my parents because they'll kill me. Can you, can you wire me some money or whatever? And uh, it was interesting because somebody in that audience wired some money. And then I'm telling the story about look out for this other scam and you sell something on Craigslist and somebody says, Oh, my secretary made a mistake and sent you more money. Then I, mm. then I, I told her to send you $500 for that couch, and I, she wrote it for $800. Cause so can you write me a check and send it back for you know, $300? Well, of course, their original check was bad, and now they're out another uh, $300 because they do that. And people did it. And it ha that happened to me when I was moving to, Atlanta, to uh, New Jersey. So, um, of course, I didn't fall for it. But it's interesting um, that 
in, in a group that these people owned up that that had happened to them. But there's a lot of scams out there. It's crazy. There was recently in New Jersey, about four months ago, some lady was buying gift cards and sending it to one of the new kids on the block who personally called her and said, hey, I've got this charity and it's in Africa. So the yeah. only way you can do this is by giving me gift cards. Yeah. And she sent him like $1,200 in a variety yeah. of gift cards. <laughs> and it was like, I think it was Jordan Knight who allegedly called her. And uh, why would she even think that Jordan Knight would call her? And I mean, they are, like one of you said, they're lonely. They think, you know, they're trusting. They were brought up in that generation that's trusting and they don't realize till afterwards what they did was not smart. And I have this, another client who got a pop-up message on his computer and he fell for it. He said, oh, oh my gosh, you have, a, you have this terrible pornographic virus on your computer and um, I have to install some software for you so that it will get it off with otherwise you'll never use your computer again. And Give me your bank account and we'll charge we'll just charge you two hundred dollars, which they did, thank God, only two hundred dollars. And he um gave him it and he woke up the next day and said, Oh my god, what have I done? And he went to the bank when they opened and he said, You gotta stop and they just closed down his whole bank account. But these same people still can two years later are still calling him to say, Oh, you know what? You we we you overpaid the same scam. You overpaid and we have to get your bank account number so we can put money back in back in your account. It's unbelievable. They're relentless. Never so. ending. What's your uh, takeaway, Fred? My takeaway is that um, if you or anybody in your family um, needs somebody to look at their finances, definitely contact somebody like Nancy because there are too many things, especially if you're elderly and not just aging, but if there are some issues, you're, you're going to be taken advantage, advantage of in some way and you need a guardian of your assets. How about you, Paul? What's your takeaway? What Nancy's been talking about, what we've all experienced in some ways uh, or another, hopefully not with the horror stories that she just described, is that trust is is key to to so many things in life. And when it comes to managing your finances, you want uh, someone who is trustworthy, who provides, you know, the kind of references that you can actually check, who comes ideally with, you know, the kind of personal recommendations that Nancy spoke about and that she's used to build her business. And so I guess my takeaway is trust, but, you know, trust me, but, but shuffle the deck hmm. and make sure, make sure you're, uh, you know, make sure you're dealing with someone as trustworthy as, as Nancy and, um, and professional paperwork services. Like uh, trust, but verify as uh, mm -hmm. Ronald Reagan said. Right. So my, my takeaway is, you know, for somebody in services, like Paul said, it's all about trust. And if you can't generate trust in someone, they're not going to buy from you. And you're also one of God knows how many businesses and services that are writing this, this silver wave of older Americans who need help. There's all kinds of business opportunities, all kinds of services that could be performed for this increasingly big segment of the, uh, of the population. And like we started it off, for a lot of people, it's network or not work, whether you're looking for a job or whether you own your own business. Nancy, if, if somebody wants to get, get in touch with you, what's some contact information? Well, they can go to, go to my website, which I mentioned before, which is paperwork-services.com. They can call me in my office, which is 609-608-0566. 
and I'd love to hear from them. I also, if they want to email me, it's n-s-o-b-i-n at paperwork-services.com. All right, Nancy, we greatly appreciate your time. We wish you the best well, of luck. This was fun. All right. Thank you. Yeah, it was thanks, great thanks, talking thanks to you. Thanks for joining thanks. us today. Thanks for having, having me. Okay, and uh, wrapping it up for another Three Bald Guys Talk Marketing Podcast. I'm Rodney Warner, freelance commercial writer. Check my uh, my website at rodneywarner.net. And I'm Paul Schindel, Three Bears, T-H-R-E-E bears.com, full service advertising, marketing, communications in the digital and analog realms. And Fred Peritsky, FCP, digital full service, digital marketing agency in Richborough, Bucks County. And ultimately in Philadelphia, PA, when I can get back into my office at Indie Hall across the street from Channel 29. And you can reach me at fred at fcpdigital.com. Once again, thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Fred. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Thank you to all the listeners who are tuning in and subscribing and all that great stuff. And until next time, thank you very much. Welcome to the Three Bald Guys Talk Marketing Podcast with Three Bald Guys. Fred Peritsky of FCP Digital, Paul Schindel of Three Bears Communications, and freelance writer Rodney Warner.